learn from that as we fix our eyes on Jesus. And that's why I've chosen this passage in Luke chapter 6. <clears throat> and um, as we get to the relevant verses, maybe we can just look at those on the screen. But there are three dimensions here to the relationships that Jesus had that enabled him to fulfill God's purposes for his ministry and for his uh, going to the cross for our salvation. And the first is, in verse 12, that we have um, the relationship with God, his Father. And this is fundamental. If we can get verse 12 up on the screen. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Here we see Jesus at prayer. And it's great, isn't it, that we're starting this year with a new series that Tom mentioned about prayer. And it is the starting point. And therefore, that is something that might be a new beginning for you in some way. Let's look at what Jesus' example teaches us. He went to be alone with God. He went to a place that was special to him. So often in Scripture we find that Jesus went into a, the mountainside. He found a special place. And he spent the night in prayer. He spent time praying. And there he entered into stillness. He entered into silence. And he was able to slow up. And all those things are things that we need to do. Whatever sadnesses, whatever troubles, whatever joys we might have, whatever busyness and pressures we might have, here is a pattern for us as we look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The secret was in his prayer time with God that he spent and gave time to prayer. That was a pattern through his life and ministry. We sang, didn't we? Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. So, I wonder what your life is like. Do you face lots of demands from people, from family, from work, different pressures? Jesus did, but he gave time for personal refreshment through prayer, through that relationship with God. And I just wonder whether that's an area that you may want at the beginning of this year to review, to revisit, to take stock and take a check on your own prayer life and resolve, perhaps on a new way forward, to give time to God as Jesus did, to find that special place and that aloneness with him. So that's the first thing we see from this passage as we look to Jesus, that he spent time with God. What did he hear in that time? Well, we know that God spoke to him in his ministry at his baptism and at his transfiguration, and what he heard was, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. And I think that, above all, when we spend time with God as Jesus did, we will hear that voice of love from God saying, you are my beloved daughter, you are my beloved son, and I am pleased with you. And that will take us forward in our lives, whatever's going on, to be assured as we hear the voice of God saying, you are my beloved one. Well, it didn't stop there. Jesus came down from the mountain. If we look at verses 13 to 16, 
Don't need to read all the names again, but he called his disciples to him and he chose 12 of them. The second relationship he has is with a small group. He chose 12 to be with him, to share his life, to grow in their understanding of each other, to give each other mutual support and comfort and challenge and encouragement, to share experiences, the ups and downs of life, its joys and sorrows, turbulent times and peaceful times. So there is a pattern for us here too. As we fix our eyes on Jesus, he developed relationship with a small group, with a small community. That for us might be friends, it can be family, it might be a life group, it might be a women's group or a men's group or a mum's group or a dad's group or a singles group, whatever it is. It is somewhere where we can learn, where we can share, where we can pray for one another. I just want to pause there for a moment to speak to you who are husbands and wives as we begin this new year. It may be worthwhile just checking. How do you pray together? I hope you pray together every day. It's a source of huge strength. I would encourage you, if you don't do that, to pray together every day, husbands and wives. And parents and children, to pray together and to teach the children, your children, the stories of Scripture and of the Bible, the truths about Jesus. Not just to leave it, that's the church's job. Yes, it is, but it's primarily in Scripture the role of parents. And if you're single, seek out somebody or a triplet that you can pray with, someone with whom you can pray, or join a group, a life group or some other group. Don't be on your own, but do like Jesus did. Find a small group to pray with, to share aspects of your life with. So there may be a new challenge for, for some of you this morning in terms of this new year. If you didn't come, if you came here and you hadn't passed, uh, given yourself any New Year's resolution, something there might be something for you to think about, to resolve to do during this year as you take stock. So I just ask the question, are you being blessed and taken forward as you pray with others, as you grow together in a small group as Jesus found. You know, he, he was strengthened and he loved having his disciples around him. So there were times to be alone with God, there were times to be there with a few people. Now the third relationship which he had, which I'll move on, is with the wider world and the community around, society around. Verse 17, hope that might come up. He went down with them, with the group he had, and stood on a level place, and a large crowd of disciples there, a great number of other people from all over Judea, from all around they came, we move on into the next verse, and they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. So there were two aspects to the ministry that Jesus had. One was practical, and he healed many people, and the other was to speak out the truth about the new kingdom, the way of life he'd come to bring in, to hear, that people could hear him. And as you all know from the reading that Jean so read so well to us, the, there's a little summary there of the Sermon on the Mount that, uh, that Jesus, um, and I don't need to go into that, but just to say there was an important part here of his ministry was to speak out the values of the kingdom. 
So as we fix our eyes on Jesus, as we're strengthened by our relationship with him in prayer and in time spent with him, as we are encouraged and stimulated, perhaps challenged and are accountable within a small group, what is it for? It is, as for Jesus found, it is in order that we might be out there among people with all the different kinds of needs that they have and we might minister to them the healing grace of Christ and the words of eternal life. That's what it's about. So Jesus did that. He ministered to their practical needs, especially in healing, and he ministered to their spiritual needs, teaching them and preaching them, especially the upside-down values of the kingdom, which we saw in our reading. And if you want to read further, you look at the re- perhaps the new, another New Year's resolution to read the Sermon on the Mount, if you haven't read it for years. Read it. It is amazing, the, the teaching there about the uh, countercultural values of what it is to live a Christian life, which Luke summarizes. Jesus' life then was devoted to others in his ministry, strengthened by God, by a small group of friends. He devoted his life to others. Bonhoeffer said he was the man for others. And as we fix our eyes on him, he is a pattern for us to give practical help for people in need, ministering God's healing, grace, and love in all kinds of ways, as many of you do already. Many of you do this, and you're a fantastic crowd of people. And you minister to people in lots and lots of ways. So it may be for you the challenge is not to keep on giving out, but sometimes, like Jesus did, to spend time with him or small groups so that you are resourced. You are resourced for the ministry that God has given to you in reaching out to others. Make sure you're not running dry, but your batteries are continually recharged. And then living and speaking the upside-down values of the kingdom, the countercultural gospel values of unselfishness, of non-self-centered love which seeks the welfare of other people. As many of you already do that as well. But for some, maybe, you know, that old enemy, selfishness, rears its head and suddenly gets in the way of our best intentions. We can then just come as we came earlier on in confession and seek that renewal that comes perhaps in our time of prayer. We can just seek God's renewal and help that we might truly live for him as is the desire of our hearts. Now, you've come here this morning and you've not yet fixed your eyes on Jesus to see him as the one who can save you and be with you, your Lord, your Savior, your friend. What a better time than a new year to begin that new life and to fix your eyes on Jesus. And for all of us to do that afresh this morning and perhaps to take with us something that is new, that challenges us and that stimulates us to walk with him in the quietness as he did with his Father God, or in a small group of friends, those who will encourage us, who will take a check on us, and who will support us through troublous times and encourage us in the good things. And then to use, for that to be a way in which we minister to a wider community, to people around us with so much need. So on this first Sunday of 2015, I urge you, as I urge myself, to refocus on Jesus, fixing our eyes on him,
to be open to some area where we take stock and start afresh. Maybe our prayer life needs attention. Maybe a relationship with a group. Or it may be what we might do or say in the wider world of need for people. Henri Noyen, who's a great writer, he said this, Jesus became like us so that we might become like him. That's a great saying, isn't it? Jesus became like us so that we might become like him. And all I'm doing this morning really is just encouraging you to become more like Jesus as we fix our eyes on him. To keep going, to persevere. So let us run with perseverance, the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. And to him who sits upon the throne be ascribed all glory.